The Wall Street Journal reports the U.S. and Saudi Arabia have agreed on broad terms and they hope to finalize details of an agreement in 9 to 12 months. Will a normalization deal between Saudi Arabia and Israel mark the beginning of the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ? Well, I'll answer this question and get into the details on this edition of the End Time Show. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for being with me on this edition of the End Time Show. Now, my topic today is very, very important. Here's the reason why. Daniel 9.27 prophesies that the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for a final seven-year period. Now, most prophecy teachers would agree that this is Daniel's 70th week. Now, not going to get into the timing of the rapture, whether it's before or after that or any of that kind of stuff today. However, there will come a time when I come on the radio or get on television or write in the magazine that, hey, the peace agreement has been signed. The one, not just any peace agreement, but the peace agreement prophesied in Scripture, and we are now in the final seven years. I can't do that yet. We're not there yet. But it's very important that we understand there are many agreements being talked about in the Middle East right now. Normalization agreements with Israel and what's going to happen with the Palestinians in Israel and all these different things that are going on. But we've got to know what is the specific agreement because it'll be very important. When I come on there, I'll be walking out on a limb, won't I? And so... We've got to be led by the Spirit of God. We've got to know what the Word of God says. We've got to know the interpretation of these prophecies. We've got to be able to discern what's God doing in the earth right now, and is this the one that starts the final seven years? So this peace agreement or this accord, it's going to be a Middle East peace treaty, and it's going to be a confirmation of God's covenant with Abraham that Israel would always have a homeland in the promised land. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 15, verse 18. Folks, we're talking about 6,000 years now. This is a 6,000-year-old prophecy that's coming to fruition. And then there's a, well, I should say Israel's right to exist is still valid after uh, 6,000 years. But now we have a 2,500-year-old prophecy that says that there would be a peace agreement signed with the international community confirming Israel's right to exist. That's the peace agreement that we're looking for. Now, with that said, there are many, are, many people are wondering right now if a normalization agreement between Saudi Arabia and Israel, because really in the Middle East, Saudi Arabia is the 800-pound gorilla in the living room, folks. And... If this is this normalization agreement between Saudi Arabia and Israel that's currently being discussed. I mean, if you go look at all of the Israel news sources, they're all talking about it today. If they if Saudi Arabia is added to the Abraham Accords, will that be the final link that is needed to finalize the prophesied covenant or the peace deal? So 
Let's get into some of the the, uh, intricate details of these discussions, and then I will transition you over into prophecy, because I'm watching this very, very, very closely. Because there will come a time when the final seven years starts, the peace agreement signed, I know for a fact, God, we've been in prayer, we've been fasting, and God shows us this is the one, then End Time Ministries is going to send a magazine to every home in Israel because there are some very dramatic, apocalyptic things that will happen to Israel during the final seven years. And we need to make sure we warn them about some things. So uh, it's going to be, it's very important that we know which one of the peace agreements is the one, right? And the Bible tells us that. We understand the interpretations of the prophecy, and we know which one it's going to be. And I'm going to be going through some of that today. So we'll get into the details, then we'll get into uh, some of the, into the prophetic portion. So the Israel National News, they reported, and and again, Jewish News Syndicate, Jerusalem Post, uh, all of them are talking about it, It, um, the Times of Israel. But the Israel National News reported that the Saudis have said that they are kind of wary of a full normalization with Israel uh, or this deal with the current government who doesn't really want to get into a two-state solution. They're very radical. They don't want to... to, um, deal with the Palestinians or to create a two-state solution or anything like that, even though Netanyahu said he would. But Netanyahu, uh, because to try, in trying to keep his uh, coalition, his government together, he has to kind of go along with what his coalition wants him to do. He says that he runs it, but still there are some very influential people in his government that are saying, uh, hey, Netanyahu, we want to do this or we're going to bail on your government. Well, he's kind of stuck, right? Uh, Israel's government is ran a little differently than the United States is. So, what's going on? Well, the Wall Street Journal reported that the United States and Riyadh, which it, Riyadh's the capital and the and the largest city of Saudi Arabia, that they had that Wall Street Journal reported that they had agreed on broad terms and they hoped to finalize a normalization agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Uh, they, nor- to, they hope to finalize the details of that in 9 to 12 months. Though, they say, odds are low due to the joint demand that Israel uh, make major gestures towards the Palestinians. Now, the Saudi crown prince, his name is um, Mohammed bin Salman. They, he's, reported, uh, he's reportedly told his aides that he's not ready to fully normalize ties with Israel and is not eager to reach an agreement with the current hardline government of Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu because of the Palestinian situation. Other than that, it looks like he's willing to move forward, or at least to come to, uh, to a serious negotiating table. So, but we know the prophecy that we're looking for, the agreement, has to have the Palestinians involved. So it's very important in this topic today. So, while United States officials have stressed that their approach to an Israeli-Saudi deal is not all or nothing, that they also back interim steps that bring the sides closer to full normalization, um, and the stance is attributed to the Crown Prince in this Wall Street Journal report. This was um, yesterday. And it appeared to be the first time that a Saudi official was suggesting that such an intermediate moves might be as far as Riyadh was willing to go. Riyadh, when I say Riyadh, I'm talking about Saudi Arabia. 
and that it's not ready for an accord akin to the one that Israel signed with the United Arab Emirates in 2020. So it looks like they're willing to do some things, but not everything, a full-on normalization. However, the way I'm looking at it from a prophetic perspective is that could, could if, if the United Arab or the um, Saudi Arabia was willing to come in and go ahead and normalize, normalize relations with Israel, even partway, that that could lead to a Palestinian uh, deal with Israel or at least some concessions and point us down the road of a peace agreement. I don't know how it's all going to play out. I know there's going to be a peace agreement, and we'll talk about it here uh, in the rest of the program when we come back from the break. Thank you for joining me today because there's a lot on the table right now. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 End Time. Are you ready for an extraordinary journey to the region that is the focus of more End Time Bible prophecy than any other? Well, look no further. Join us on an unforgettable journey to Israel. Our adventure begins down in Jerusalem where we will teach on the Mount of Olives, sing at the Garden of Gethsemane, walk down through the Kidron Valley, then we'll make our way north, have a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee while visiting Joppa, Mount Carmel, baptize in the Jordan River, and so much more. Don't miss out on this incredible trip to Israel. Spaces are limited. Book your tour today. Visit endtime.com slash tour or call us at 1-800-END-TIME. Join us for an experience that you will never forget. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. You know, everyone, there are still spots to go with us on our Israel tour. Uh, Jana, my wife, has to ticket, I think, here in a couple weeks. So there's still time to get in on the tour. We're going October 4th through the 15th. And what a time that will be. I had a partner of ours uh, stop by. Many of you that follow us on our social networking sites, Jill Hemphill, uh, 
stopped by the office yesterday. I was talking to her and telling her why I thought our tours were different than the biggest, vast majority of tours that go to Israel. Not only because we've been there so many times and we've cut out all the different things that, you know, hey, Jesus, they say he stubbed his toe here, so let's go see that. We don't do any of that kind of stuff. We go and we go to the very, the most important things that you can see while you're in Israel. You've only got, sometimes people save their whole life just to go once. So I'm going to make sure that we make it the most memorable trip that they can have. Now, we've had people that go with us over and over and over. But um, I was telling Jill yesterday, what's the most important thing um, that I believe happens when we're in Israel? Yes, we do see all the sites, the Temple Mount, the Mount of Olives, the Upper Room, the tomb, the Sea of Galilee. We, do, we go to all the, the most important sites. But for me, it's the spiritual experience, folks. Listen, the most important thing in the Bible was not just Jerusalem, but Jesus came to transition us from physical realities to spiritual realities. Jesus came so that he could purchase a plan of salvation, and then when he left, he could live inside each of us in the form of the Holy Ghost. He told the disciples, he said, I'm with you, but I shall be in you in the form of the Holy Ghost. It's God living inside each one of us. I have seen on our tours hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time ever. And some of them said, I didn't even believe in this when I came on this trip. And many of them have said, I've never heard this before. I've never seen this before. I've never experienced this before. But I'm talking about in the upper room, at the, in the baptisms, and people just receiving a spiritual experience while they're on our trips. It's more to us than just seeing the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is awesome. Jerusalem's awesome. The Sea of Galilee, every, the Mount Carmel. I mean, all these different sites, they are awesome. I, I can't, um, you know, diminish that. But ours is that. And then the baptisms and the upper room experience and the tomb experience and all of the spiritual experiences that we have. We had a lady healed of cancer in the baptismal service that we had on our last trip just here in May. And it's just a wonderful time. So if you'd like to go with us, again, it's more than just a tour. I promise you, it's a life-changing experience, and I'm not sensationalizing that, just trying to get you to go to Israel with us. I've been to Israel between 15 and 20 times. My wife's been almost 30 times. Her, uh, Irvin Baxter went before us. He went 40 or 50 times. I mean, he just was over there all the time. But we go over there. One night we'll teach in the college. I mean, it's just a wonderful experience. It's a great time overseas. So there's still time to get in on that trip. Uh, call in, talk to Jana Robbins, talk to Brittany Motes, uh, call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash tour and you can join us on the trip and oh, what a time it will be. And uh, yes, we are going to see, we'll be teaching, me and the guides, Edo and Ron, all of us, we're going to be teaching um, at all of the different sites and you'll get the biblical, you'll get the historical, you'll get the prophetic and you'll get the spiritual all in one trip. And so, believe, I'm telling you, it, you, you, you will not come back the same. Uh, I had one time, I, we baptized a guy in the Jordan River. He was a college professor, still a great friend of mine today. 
he had all these degrees and everything, and he come up out of the water. We talked later, and he, 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 he was like, Dave, I thought I had everything figured out. He's a very well-read individual, very successful. He said, Dave, I thought I had everything all figured out. But he said, this was the first day of the rest of my life. He said, I, 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 I'm a new person. And I'm telling you, I have felt that over and over and over. And so uh, if you'd like to come join us, have a spiritual experience, get a, a very well-rounded trip. Um, love for you to join us on this trip coming up. But you've got to get in pretty quick because they're going to be ticketing here uh, before very long. Okay, back to Saudi Arabia, Israel, and these normalization agreements and the peace agreement. So, um, while U.S. officials have really privately acknowledged that opponents of, the, of Palestinian sovereignty, there are people that are against that in Netanyahu's government, they make up a clear majority in Netanyahu's government, let's just say it and face it, that they're going to potentially complicate efforts to secure a normalization deal since it will require significant moves to revive the two-state solution. Saudi Arabia is saying, you got to include Palestinians if we're going to do this. The report was also the first time that discomfort with the idea of making any sort of a deal with the current coalition was expressed by Saudi Arabia as well. Um, at, the sa- um, at the same time, there was a journal that noted that Ben Salman, he's also known as MBS, uh, Mohammed bin Salman, MBS, has given conflicting messages to different audiences. And the United States officials still believe, though, that the Saudi leader is serious about trying to reach an agreement. But he's got some contingencies, and I'm going to get into that. The report said that the, the United States and Saudi Arabia uh, officials have agreed on broad terms for a potential Israeli-Saudi Saudi deal, which would see, here's some, here's some uh, the characteristics of it, they would see the U.S. make major security guarantees to Saudi Arabia and that Riyadh, so security guarantees about what? From Iran. And now, can you imagine Iran knowing that there's a potential for this to happen? Now also, besides the peace agreement, we're watching for a World War III, aren't we? Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. I cannot tell you scripturally which one happens first, the peace agreement or World War III. I have wondered, myself, Doug, Vince, we're all sitting here watching this. Could it be efforts to draw Saudi Arabia into a peace agreement or a normalization situation with Israel that leads to a World War III? Why? Because Iran does not want the United States offering Saudi Arabia security guarantees. And so that's something. Do you think Iran's not sitting back watching the scenario here? So that's one of the uh, characteristics of it, that the U.S. would make major security guarantees to Saudi Arabia, that Saudi Arabia would also take major steps to distance itself from China, and that Israel would take major steps towards creating an independent Palestinian state. Now, of course, the prophecy students... Uh, would certainly agree that this last statement is very important because of the prophesied deal that starts the final seven years between the Israelis and the Palestinians. However, I, I have to let you know, the, the, uh, a normalization agreement between Saudi Arabia and Israel, that would not be the one. We're going to be talking about that in great detail here in a minute. But that would not be the one that starts the final seven years. It's got to be between the Israelis and the Palestinians. 
Okay? However, the Saudis are saying, we've got to bring the Palestinians on board with us if we do it. So Israel would have to really make some serious concessions to the Palestinians. And there are many people in Netanyahu's government that are saying, nope, not going to do that. So there are a lot of people, there's a lot of balls in the air here, right? So U.S. officials told the Wall Street Journal that specific details would hopefully be hammered out in the next 9 to 12 months, though they stopped short of suggesting that a deal would be signed in that time period. Nobody's willing to uh, sign their name on the dotted line, right? Nobody's willing to step out there and say, we're going to do it. Now, Netanyahu, I read yesterday that he said, hey, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on it. So maybe he knows something that the rest of these guys don't because he's also been talking to Saudi Arabia as well. There's a lot of back-channel things going on, folks. So the White House flatly denied the report. Okay, so, I mean, I know that the White House flatly denies just about everything, right? However, there are, de- there are negotiations going on behind the scenes. Uh, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said there is, n- there is no agreed, um, there's nothing agreed to a, a set of negotiations. There's no agreed uh, agreement t- towards a framework to codify normalization or any other security considerations that we and our friends have in the region. He said that this reporting has left some people with the impression that the discussions are farther along and closer to some sense of certainty than they actually are. However, you got to wonder, I I, I, I always watch what happens rather than kind of saying, okay, here's what the guy said is going to happen. Because these are all politicians, folks. I mean, could you really say that you believe everything the politicians tell you? They're saying, oh, no, we're not, we're not, you know, uh, everybody, we're not in in hardly any kind of negotiations. There's not really much going on with Saudi Arabia. But then you read other reports that say, hey, 9 to 12 months, we're almost there, okay? So I'm sitting back watching, watching, watching. I'm reading all the news sources and trying to figure out what's going on here. Because I know there's a peace agreement coming that will start the final seven years. But I've got many people asking me, Dave, could this Saudi Arabia situation uh, lead to a peace agreement. It certainly could eventually. But if Saudi Arabia normalizes relations with all of the characteristics that they want from the United States and Israel, if they did that tomorrow, I would not say that that's the one that the peace agreement that started the final seven years. Because I know I'm going to go through the characteristics here in just a moment. So Kirby went on to clarify that Biden had indeed directed his top aides to see what was in the realm of possibility when it comes to pursuing this Israel-Saudi normalization. And that is a commitment by the administration to keep talking and to keep trying to move things forward. The broad terms presented by the Wall Street Journal have been reported on in recent months. On July 27th, the New York Times reported that U.S. President Joe Biden had yet to decide whether he would ultimately sign off on the maneuver, but it had still instructed his aides to try to reach a deal. So Saudi Arabia is, they are really seeking a kind of like a NATO-like mutual security treaty that would obligate the U.S. to come to its defense if Saudi Arabia was attacked. Now again, That's a huge thing when you're looking at Iran being right across the Persian Gulf, right? 
And Iran is Shia Muslim. Saudi Arabia is uh, Sunni Muslim. They're at loggerheads with each other. Iran hates Saudi Arabia, even though they're all Arabs. It all goes back to Muhammad and who was the heirs and who would carry on, uh, who would inherit his uh, kingdom and his ministry and everything and, and, and carry on from there. But I'm telling you, they've been at loggerheads ever since. Sunni and Shia Muslim. Iran, Shia Muslim. So this, the first contingency, a NATO-like mutual security treaty, to where we would be obligated, the United States, to come to Saudi Arabia's defense, that's a huge one. And then, but we're also looking at a World War III scenario that comes out of the Euphrates River region. The Euphrates River starts in Turkey, goes down through um, Syria, down through Iraq, and where the Tigris and the Euphrates River meet and go into the Persian Gulf right there, that brings Iran into the picture. So the Bible says that's where the World War III will originate. And so here we are watching peace and we're watching war. All in, I mean, we're watching both of these, and the Bible tells us one's going to happen. They're both going to happen, but I don't know which one happens first. So I'm sitting here reading everything I can get my hands on. So they want a security agreement between uh, the United States and Saudi Arabia. Uh, they really want a civilian nuclear program monitored and backed by the United States. Now, these are huge demands by Saudi Arabia. They want a civilian nuclear program? Well, Israel's sitting back going, uh, hold on a second, uh, United States. What are you doing here? We want to have a normalization agreement with them, but giving an Arab nation that's not very far away from us, the 800-pound gorilla in the living room, a civilian nuclear program? I don't know about that. I mean, they also want the ability to purchase more advanced weaponry from the United States, such as the, uh, what's it called, FAD. It's the Terminal High Altitude Area Defense, FAD. It's an anti-ballistic missile system, the defense system, which could be used to combat Iran's increasing missile arsenal. And that was been reported by the New York Times. And that's confirming previous reports in the Times of Israel. So in exchange, the U.S. is looking for Saudi Arabia to offer an unprecedentedly large aid package to the Palestinian institutions in the West Bank to curtail deals with Chinese technology firms like Hawaii, and to use, this is humongous right here, to use the U.S. dollar instead of Chinese currencies to price oil sales. So it all, a lot of this goes back to oil for the United States. Yes, we are kind of looking out for Israel, but they, we're also trying to protect that dollar bill, right? And then also to reject a, um, a, a Beijing plan to establish a military base on Saudi soil and to bolster the truce that ended the civil war in Yemen. So Saudi Arabia wants a lot. The United States wants a lot. And of course, Israel would like to normalize relations. We'll have to see what happens, but we'll get deep back into it when we get back on the, on the backside of the break. And then we'll get off into the prophecy because I'm telling you, once this final seven years hits, Katie, bar the door. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. 
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time. Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463. Welcome back, everybody. And I'm sitting here holding our new Understanding the End Time book. I hope you've got your copy of this. It's uh, it's on it's twenty four ninety nine, and it has these the fourteen the collective fourteen DVDs that we put out for years. We've got a brand new set of them now. They're all in. They're all updated. It's all brand it just brand new material. It's awesome. And so we've got that for all you teachers and pastors and everybody that wants to study this and understand this in great detail with new proofs. Some things Irvin Baxter didn't know about when he was here. The stuff hadn't been happening. And we found many proofs that we put in here. And then um, in the book, I was just sitting here over the commercial break looking through chapter 6 that goes through the peace agreement in great detail, prophesied. There are many prophecy teachers that don't believe there's going to be a peace agreement, that don't believe it's going to be between... There, I have heard some of them say, well, it's not going to be between Israel and the Palestinians. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You're going to miss it. The, the people you're teaching to, they're going to miss it. And so chapter 6 of this book goes through all of this in great detail. It lays out the step. Who's going to be the one that um, confirms the covenant with many? It's going to be the Antichrist. The he in Daniel 9.27 is the Antichrist. We explain all that in the book in great detail. What about the gaps in the Daniel 70 weeks? All that stuff, it's all laid out in great detail in the book. Also, the mark of the beast. We go into the bank for international settlements and all these different things. Um, so get your copy of the book. Go to endtime.com and go to the store there. You can go to... Um, all of this stuff is also available on End Time Plus. And so you can go there, and uh, all this stuff's available. And so we certainly want to make sure that you go and purchase your, purchase these today. They're all brand new, and many of you that uh, pre-ordered, hopefully you're getting your orders. I know Gary has been shipping like crazy back there in the shipping area, and we've just he's got stacks of stuff everywhere that we're shipping out. And so um, it's really not a big money-making thing for end time. It, it is simply our way of helping you understand in great detail where you can take it to work, share the book, make sure you're teaching Bible studies out of it. It's really easy to understand. It's not like reading an encyclopedia or anything like that. 
I've had so many people say, wow, I, I'm, I'm finally understanding. Uh, and Irvin Baxter really was a master at that. He was a master at taking a very hard subject and making it easy to understand. And then he drilled that into me and Doug and Vince and all the rest of us. Um, because if you can't understand it, what's the point, right? I mean, I hate to sit through a speech or something like that where the guy is talking in way over my head. And I don't get, I, you know, I may have sat there for two hours. And, I, and when I get done, I think, what in the world was the guy even talking about? I don't like that. But I love it when I walk out of some place and I think, oh, my goodness, this guy just revolutionized my life. I, I, I understand this stuff. Well, that's what these, this book and these DVDs and everything is designed to do. It's called Understanding the End Time. And so it's brand new. Make sure you get your copy so you can understand all this stuff. It's so cool. And you don't want to walk through the times just ahead without understanding the end time. That would, what a travesty that would be. Now... You say, well, what about Israel? Well, as far as the specific steps Israel will have to take with regards to the Palestinians, those have not been hashed out in all of this. I mean, a diplomat familiar with the matter actually told the Times of Israel uh, Tuesday that Saudi Arabia is not yet familiar enough with the issue in order to come up with uh, specific demands. Now, I would question that. Because they've been staring at this situation for decades now. And to say, well, we don't know enough about it to really come up with a solution. Come on. Those guys know very well what's going on. Uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the leader of the Palestinian Authority, he's been there and talked to Ben Salman. So I, I, I think there's more going on than what they're telling us in the news, folks. I mean, this diplomat said that the issue is not burning for um, Ben Salman the leader of Saudi Arabia, and that he has little appetite for the current leadership of the Palestinian Authority. Well, now, that way may very well be true. However, the crown prince also recognizes that he cannot reach a deal with, the, with Israel that neglects the Palestinians. He knows that, given the public sentiment in Saudi Arabia and the kingdom's view of itself as the guardian of the Muslim holy sites, and that this is what is being told to us by the diplomat. Now, For his part, Netanyahu has maintained this week that the Palestinian issue is just kind of like merely a a box that you would have to check. And just, hey, say, yes, we're working on it. And he's indicating that he did not anticipate that the demands on that front would be particularly steep by the Saudi Arabia and what they wanted Israel to do. National Security Advisor Saki Hanegbi told the journal that Israel has yet to be presented with any terms. At the moment, we don't even know where to begin. The U.S. and Saudi Arabia are still dealing with basic issues between them, so apparently it's premature even for them to discuss it. Um, Still, Hanegmi said that he has full confidence that whatever the United States will decide on the issue would address Israel concerns as well. And I'm very thankful for that. Because even though we've got a a globalist administration and and a lot of different things, people trying to push socialism here in America, by and large, we have still stood with Israel through all of these years, for decades now. And the Bible says that we will stand with her all the way to the end. That's why I believe that's um, the reason for that is because we have people in Congress in different places that still know and believe that the Bible says, Abraham, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. 
And so we stand by Israel. In the face of all the debauchery that goes on in Washington, we still stand by Israel. Think about that. The Bible says we're going to. So all hope is not lost. God knows what's going on. There's not one secret that has been told in Washington that God didn't know about. Joe Biden and Hunter Biden haven't done one thing that God wasn't sitting there in the room and saying, yep, I know what's going on. They can, they can do, say whatever they want. But the fact of the matter is, God knows everything. There's not one secret. There's not one secret meeting that was held with Burisma and in Ukraine and in Russia and in China. Not one that God wasn't there and saw it. So if we follow after God and we're spirit-led, folks, we're on the winning side. I mean, all of this stuff sounds horrific and apocalyptic and everything, but if you've got your hands in the Lord's hands, you're on the winning side. And that's how we're going to make it through these end times. I know it, it sounds doom and gloom at sometimes because we talk about world government and all these different things that are going to happen, the mark of the beast. But I'm holding on to Jesus. If I'm doing that, I'm, I'm not living in fear. I live at the tip of the sword on this stuff, you guys. And I've got people tugging on me this way and that, do this. But the thing is, I pray every day. I'm studying God's Word. I go to church, and I am 110% Christian. If you cut me open, I bleed Christian. I bleed Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. And I don't live in fear. I do not live in fear in all of this. I've got my hands. The Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The Bible says, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. So, I'm serving God. I'm not fearful. But I do talk about the prophecies because we have to. There are a lot of people that need to be scared because they're not living right. Something's got to shake them out of their lethargy and say, listen, You've got to get right with God. He's coming back before very long. You say, well, I've heard that for decades. Listen, by reason of strength, if you live to be 120 years old, your life is still but a vapor. God's coming before very long for every single person on the planet. Think about that. If you live to be 100, that's nothing. look Look at eternity. 100 years compared to eternity is not even a blip on the screen. So, We've got to make sure we're right with the Lord. That's the most important thing in all of this. Okay, so um, back to Saudi Arabia. At the same time, um, other, other Israeli officials have expressed kind of a discomfort with the Saudi demand for a civil civilian nuclear program. I mean, imagine Israel or the United States helping an Israeli neighbor come up with a, a civilian nuclear program kind of sketchy, right? That's one of the things Saudi Arabia wants. Foreign Minister Eli Cohen, he penned an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal uh, Tuesday, and he posited that if the United States were to agree to a defense pact with Saudi Arabia as part of a potential normalization deal uh, with Riyadh and Israel, that it would reassure Gulf nations that they are protected from Iranian aggression, rendering their nuclear ambitions Unnecessary. So, on one hand, they want a, a, a security deal with the, between the United States and Saudi Arabia, but then they say on top of that, we'd like to have a civilian nuclear program, and Israel's sitting there going, that doesn't make much sense. Okay. However, a defense pact with Saudi Arabia 
will likely have a difficult time making its way through Congress in the United States as well, given the discomfort over Riyadh's human rights records, particularly among progressives. So, I mean, it's, it's questionable whether this Saudi Arabia normalization situation is even going to happen. I mean, it's perhaps due to the many hurdles that stand before a deal that the U.S. officials have been willing to acknowledge in recent weeks that chances for success of this thing they basically are remaining low. Now, you say, well, then Israel's never going to get a peace agreement. Oh, yes, they are. They'll get a peace agreement between Israelis and the Palestinians because the Bible says they're going to. You say, well, that looks impossible. I totally agree with you. It does look impossible, but it's going to happen. The Bible prophecies always come to pass, folks. Now, With all this going on in the news, I've had many people that are questioning me if a normalization deal, should should they get one signed, could start the final seven years. And this is very significant because of the 2002 Arab Peace Initiative. And so what happened? Well, back on March of 2002, the Arab Summit in Beirut, It was back then that Prince Abdullah of Saudi Arabia laid out five points to the Arab-Israeli conflict and to a resolution. It's the Arab Peace Initiative. The resolution called on Israel to withdraw to 67 lines. Now, to think in light of the Arab Peace Initiative that Saudi Arabia may normalize relations with Israel without doing some of these things, this is giant. I mean, this is revolutionary. And Netanyahu has been talking about this in the news. He was saying, this is just, you wait, this, this would trend, it would transition us into a brand new Middle East, really. So, the original Arab Peace Initiative back in 2002, it called for Israeli to withdraw to pre-67 lines, including a withdrawal from southern Lebanon, the, the, and uh, back then, imagine the 2002 situation, the resolution of the refugee program, or the problem, really, according to the stipulations of the UN General Assembly 194, and the establishment of a Palestinian state in all of the West Bank and Gaza, with East Jerusalem as the capital. And this is why many times the, that, uh, the Palestinians had veto power. They'd get up and say, well, the Arab Peace Initiative says we can't do this, so we're going to walk away. Our Arab brethren will not get on board with it. So they had veto power over a peace negotiation. So for their part, also in the, in the Arab peace initiative, that Arab countries would consider the Arab-Israeli conflict ended, enter into a peace agreement with Israel, and establish normal relations with Israel in the context of this comprehensive peace. So this helps to understand the importance and gravity of this situation a little more, doesn't it? Uh, this is a huge development if it were to become to come to fruition. I don't know if it will or not, but I do know there will be a peace agreement in the near future. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. 
Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Okay, everyone, now you can kind of see the gravity of the situation. And what's happening here is that, like I said before, the, the Palestinians could come to a negotiating table, a peace negotiating table, through with a lot of the U.S. administrations over the years, and they had veto power. They could get up and say, well, the Arab Peace Initiative, our Arab brethren won't get on board with this, so we can't do this. Sorry. This doesn't line up with the Arab Peace Initiative. But with the Abraham Accords and with the, uh, some of these different negotiations, especially if Saudi Arabia were willing to normalize relations with Israel, these normalization agreements are taking peace negotiation veto powers away from the Palestinians because they always refer back to this Arab peace initiative. So if, if the, Arab, the Abraham Accords is walking around that, now, so it's, it's huge if it comes true fruition, especially with Saudi Arabia, guys. Because right now, a lot of people have said, well, the Abraham Accords, that started the final seven years. No, nah, the Abraham Accords happened back in 2020, and we haven't started the final seven years yet, obviously. Because the characteristics of the peace agreement, the prophesied peace agreement, have not come to pass. So... Let's talk about the Abraham Accords really quick. I'll try to do all of this before the end of the program. I don't know if I'll get through all of it, but we'll see. The Abraham Accords. Was that the confirmation of the Abrahamic Covenant? Several years ago, when we first heard the name Abraham Accords, given to the peace agreement between Israel, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain, I mean, obviously, as prophecy teachers, my father-in-law Myself, we looked at each other, and I, we, were, we were immediately excited. We thought, hey, the Abraham Accords, you got to be kidding me. Well, was that the confirmation of the covenant prophesied in Daniel 9.27? Well, let's go to the Abrahamic covenant then. What's that? 4,000 years ago, God entered into a covenant with Abraham. This pivotal event is recorded in Genesis 15.18. The Bible says, in the same day, the Lord God made a covenant with Abram saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land. He was in the promised land at that point, from the river Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. And this covenant made by God with Abraham promised that the land of Israel will belong to Abraham's descendants forever. Because the Jews rejected Jesus when he came as their Messiah, the Jewish people were driven into exile from their promised land by the Romans in 70 AD. And the exile continued for uh, 1878 years, up until the rebirth of Israel in 1948. So as God began to reestablish the seed of Abraham in the promised land, their surrounding Arab neighbors bitterly opposed their return to the land of Israel. Finally, in 1979, 
Egypt, led by Anwar Sadat, became the first Arab nation to sign a peace treaty with Israel. One year later, Sadat paid with it for his paid for it with his life when he was assassinated by militants who hated Israel. Then in 1994, the city of Jordan, or I, I'm sorry, the city of Jordan, the country of Jordan, I should say, um, signed a peace agreement with the Jewish nation as well. So, but still there were 20 Arab nations that steadfastly refused to establish relations with Israel or to acknowledge our right to exist. Saudi Arabia was one of them. Now, that brings us to and Bahrain and, and uh, some of the others. That, that All of them were part of that group, the United Arab Emirates. So now that brings us to the Abraham Accords today. So um, before his election, Donald Trump had declared that the number one goal of his presidency would be to achieve peace between Israel and the Arab neighbors. After three years of determined diplomacy, he sent Jared Kushner there. He sent Jason Greenblatt on these exploratory missions. President Trump surprised the world by announcing a peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. It was unheard of. Because many of you understand the three no's in uh, Khartoum, Sudan, and a lot of different things that happened. No negotiations, no peace agreements. So after a a few days later, the country of, uh, after the uh, United Arab Emirates was on board, the country of Bahrain announced that they too would establish peace with Israel. Now, this was unheard of, guys. So on September 15th of 2020, representatives from Israel, the United States, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain met in Washington, D.C. on the White House lawn, and that was there that they signed the Abraham Accords. Well, I mean, my father-in-law and I were reading, I mean, my eyeballs were falling out. We were reading so much about the Abraham Accords and what could this lead to the peace agreement. So when, and especially when the name of the agreement was announced, people with a knowledge of the Abrahamic covenant were amazed. Now, let's talk about a Middle East peace that's prophesied. It is prophesied in the Bible that a peace agreement will be signed between Israel and the Palestinians just seven years before the Battle of Armageddon and the physical return of Jesus to the earth. That prophecy is found in Daniel 9.27. The Bible says, And he, which is the Antichrist, not the false prophet, not the Pope at that time, that he will be the Antichrist. That's easily proven in Scripture. Go to Daniel chapter 11. The Bible says, And he, the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. The New Century Version of the Bible uh, renders this seven years. It's a seven-year period. It's a week of years in the midst of the week. Three and a half years into that, he shall cause a sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation. And that shall be, and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. Well, the prophecy states that the Antichrist will confirm the Abrahamic covenant for a seven-year period. Remember, the covenant God made with Abraham decreed that Abraham's seed would dwell in the land of Israel forever. So the Abraham Accords, signed by Bahrain, the United Arab Emirates, it acknowledged that Israel has a right to exist in the land given to them by the Abrahamic Covenant. You say, well, right there, that's the peace agreement that starts the final seven years. No, that's not the one, because it doesn't have all the characteristics 
uh, the prophesied characteristics, the biblical characteristics of the peace agreement. God gave us so many clues so that we would not miss it because there have been many peace initiatives. Uh, Egypt, Jordan, but those weren't the ones. What about the Oslo Peace Accords? The Y River Accords, those weren't the ones. But there is one coming in the near future and God gave us the clues to know exactly which one that's going to be. So, the question has to be asked. Was the signing of the Abraham Accords the confirmation of the covenant that marks the beginning of the final seven years? And so the answer to this important question is no. I'm getting the question a lot lately. But the question is no. Not at this point. Could it lead to it? Yep, it sure could. But it's not the one yet. The signing of the peace agreement by Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates was not the completion of the Abraham Accords. You said, well, if Saudi Arabia comes on board, that's got to be it. No, not yet. It has to be between the Israelis and the Palestinians, folks. This is very, very important. If you notice in the prophecy that the Antichrist will confirm the covenant with many. After the Accords were signed in September 15th, on, uh, back on September 15th of 2020, President Trump said that there were many other Arab nations that are now anxious to sign on to the Abraham Accords. Of course, he didn't get back in office, and now Joe Biden is picking up all the pieces and trying to figure out what to do still. So this is expected to happen um, over the next several years and things. They're looking to add to. Now the Joe Biden administration has picked this up and said, we need to get uh, Saudi Arabia on board. But the most important um, signatory of all of these accords would be the Palestinians, if they were to come on board. If the Palestinians come on board and said, hey, we want to normalize relations with Israel, I would say, stop the presses. Let's see if this agreement it has the characteristics of the one that starts the final seven years. Israel and the Palestinians, that's the ones we're watching for, guys. But even if they sign an agreement tomorrow and it didn't have the biblical characteristics, I would say they got something done, but they didn't get what they're supposed to get done yet We haven't started the final seven years. So believe me, I'm going to be in prayer like you cannot imagine before I make that announcement on the radio. But there will come a time when I do. You say, Dave, there you go. You're going to set dates and da-da-da. I'm not setting any dates. I'm telling you what the Bible says. The Bible says that there's going to be a peace agreement signed before that starts the final seven years. I'm willing to go on the radio and tell you that. Not there yet. So, the completion of the Abraham Accords... It's got to contain six specific elements, okay? These are not possible with this Saudi Arabia situation that's coming up, okay? And now, if they say, we want these six elements and to go to the Palestinians, and Israel said yes, then I would say, whoa, whoa, whoa. This could be the one. However, these are the six things. If you see a peace agreement in the near future that has these six six things included in it, Now we need to have a serious conversation. We've got to get on our face before God and say, is this the one? Because this this was in your word. So, number one, the Palestinians have to be included in the peace agreement. Number one, period. If the Palestinians aren't included, I don't care if all the Arab nations normalize with Israel and not the Palestinians, it's not the one. Number two, a Palestinian homeland must be established in Judea in the West Bank. There's going to be a two-state solution created, folks. Number three, Jews living in Judea will be allowed to remain there, living in the midst of the Palestinians under Palestinian jurisdiction. 
as Jewish, a Jewish minority. The Palestinians are going to be given a complete autonomous state. You govern yourselves. It's going to be included in the peace agreement. You'll see this in the near future. Number four, the Temple Mount would be placed under a sharing arrangement so that all religions can worship there. You say, Dave, the status quo today will never allow for that. Yeah, and they they also said the Berlin Wall would never be torn down either, but the prophecies of the Bible prophesied it, and it came down one day. So guess what? That's going to happen in the near future. Number five, Jerusalem will remain divided. I'm sorry, Jerusalem will remain undivided under Israeli control. Israel will retain control of Jerusalem all the way throughout the end time. It's not half of the cities conquered at the Battle of Armageddon. And so we know that Israel will be in control of Jerusalem, the entire city, all the way to the end. And six, as a result of this peace agreement, Israel will be allowed to build her third temple on the Temple Mount. Now, these are biblical characteristics. I can prove each and every one of these from the Bible. I didn't get this from a, uh, a, a somebody's prophecy book that they wrote. I didn't get this from um, uh, some kind of commentary. These are in the Bible, all six of these characteristics. And so it's very, very important. Who else on the planet is vying for the area of the West Bank right now? It's not, the, not Saudi Arabia. It's not Bahrain. It's not the United Arab Emirates. But it's the Palestinians And so it's got to be between the Israelis and the Palestinians, folks. Once the Palestinians become part of the peace agreement containing these provisions, then we will come on the radio and television and say, folks, the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon has begun. We will mail a home to every, uh, mail a magazine to every home in Israel, the End Time magazine. We're going to be warning them what's coming. For three and a half years, this is going to happen. This is what you're watching for at the three and a half year mark. This is what's going to happen during the final three and one half years. You guys are in the West Bank. You're going to have to come out of there. There's going to be a great slaughter. We're going to be warning the Jews. Once that final seven years happens, it's Katie bar the door at that point. We're all in. Many people will be at that point. And so God help us all to draw close to him and be spirit-led during these times. 